Keelan. Fuck you. Welcome to episode 81 of Stormroad, every game podcast, the official podcast of StormroadGaming.com, an official fan site of Ang Lee's The Hulk. I'm your host, Jesse, the big green machine Munro, and I'm joined by, I don't know, enough Hulk characters, Keelan Simpson. Hulk. <laughs> Simon Smash Evans. Smash. And Josh, I'm always caught up. I'm not actually the Hulk or even a Hulk. I'm just a frog boy. Frog boy. <laughs> frog, <laughs> frog boy. boy <laughs> frog boy. Well, there is a frog. There is. Oh, it's frog Thor. They shouldn't have frog Hulk. Throg. Well, okay, Ooh. wait. In the comics, just to deviate immediately. Yeah. We have frog Thor in the comic books. Um, why are there, are there other Hulks? Because oh, there's so many that, Hulks. That dude. There's, like, that yeah, went off. there's like yellow Hulk. There's red Hulk. Oh, I mean, yeah, I know there's different colored Hulks, but like, <laughs> is there like an animal Hulk? Because that, those nukes that went off, surely there would have been like an angry beetle that was there. It's like oh, green. Now. There's the beetle. next oh, Hulk already was that's green. like a cool like um, Asian American teenager who's just like a homie. That, yeah, that is pretty beaver cool. Beaver Hulk, angry beaver. Angry, angry beavers. beavers. Angry beavers. <laughs> where they yeah. come from. Actually, wait. Speaking of angry beavers, just to... This is almost a deviation because I'm going to talk about video games really early on. Did you guys see the footage of that uh, Nickelodeon brawl game? Oh, yeah. Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Is this like a re- legit... This is an actual game. Oh, I'm all in <laughs> every time they announce a Nickelodeon game. I was such a big like SpongeBob Invader Zim fan. Uh, look, Invader like, Zim is incredible, <laughs> and I will not hear a negative word said about it because that like, game was peak childhood comedy. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> Gert was just amazing, and the way that bounced, like ah, oh, perfect. It kind of like matched like the scene at the time where it was, you know, it was kind of edgy. It was fun. You know, it was, it was, it was edgy, but it wasn't serious. It was dumb. And it was very aware that it was dumb. And Gurr was mm. the perfect sort of foil to, to Zim's like straight laced. I've got to do this right now kind of character. And it was perfect. It worked really well. There are so many shows like that, that you know, people at our age got into when they were a kid. I can't remember them. I never saw them. I'm convinced my parents make me work, made made me work in a mine <laughs> because they're just like there's so much pop culture that is missing from my childhood. Oh, like, what were they doing? Like I know I used to read a lot, but fuck <laughs> me. Well, Paramount, what a nerd, nerd. I was. <laughs> Paramount have just come out with their own streaming service, and while I wouldn't really recommend it for the sake of it. It might be worthwhile for you, Jesse, to just go back and rediscover some childhood classics that you missed out on. Dude, watch some Rocco's Modern Life. Okay, Rocco, Rocco, I I fuck with Rocco. Rocco's Modern Life is my shit. (laughs) Hey, I'm getting into, I'm I'm rewatching a show that had a very important, uh, played a very important role in my life. You come home from school, you get home about, say, four-ish, give or take. There would be some shitty kids quiz show from 4 to 4 30 <laughs> um between 4 30 and 5 it was i think it was like nothing but at five o'clock i'd watch mash oh <laughs> mash yeah. vr make it happen mash, okay, bring back mash vr as well <laughs> but i've been watching yeah, yeah. mash from the start because i've never done it before hell yeah mash is fucking good 
Yeah, dude. Yeah. Actually, great. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it deals with, like, you know, societal ills in a very, like, forward thinking for the time way mm. you look at it now it's like oh i wouldn't have done that but i guess you're you mean well suicide is but painless jesse brings them any changes and i can take a leave as i need that got dark that's the lyrics to mash <laughs> um but then after that you'd watch the news because at 5 30 or so they talk about sport and weather and then it was simpsons time okay hell yeah Core youth. Simon, you're a core youth. Am I? How you been? Yeah, you, <laughs> are you young? You got you got a you're rosy cheeked. Am um, you have a I, I think it's step. just awkward lighting. I'm actually very dead on the inside. Uh yeah, but on the outside. On the outside, I'm I'm putting up a good front. Um <laughs> look, the necromancy lessons have been coming in handy. I didn't think they'd be so, you know, self-centered, but here we are. Uh, no, I've been been hey, good. Yeah. It's just been a busy couple of weeks. Um, there's been a lot of a lot of stuff going on um, in my own personal bubble. Uh, I do remember that TV show that I was talking about last episode with when the we claymation uh, yes. interviews. It's called Creature Comfort. Creature Comfort. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Comfort. I'm gonna Google that. That sounds it awesome. Is- it is Josh, so fucking yeah, good. Yeah, 100%. It was like on ABC, like at like 9.30 at night. And it's, it is just interviews of the British public and then they turn them into like animals in weird situations and there's normally something really funny going on in the background and it is awesome. Um, actually Aardman as well? Yeah. Is it yeah, yeah, actually? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's yeah, totally Ardman, um, just all over. So the same, the same people behind Wallace and Gromit and Chicken Run and you know, like all of that good shit. That's them. It is Hell so yeah. fun. You made fun. my night, Simon. Thank you. True podcast off this garbage fire video game podcast. <laughs> Two of these episodes in a row, we've started in the first ten minutes talked about Ardman. We're not being paid by this We're clay not. man. That sounds great. That sounds like a kind of podcast. <laughs> yeah. we the the sort of video game to, podcast you know? I want to listen to is one that talks about Ardman consistently. I want an, I want an Ardman collab with a big AAA studio. I want oh, Nickelodeon yeah. All Stars Brawl. Fuck. Kind of okay. like you know, this isn't this isn't the biggest budget. This isn't a huge game. I want them to take a chance and collaborate with Ardman. I want. Activision, I don't know. I'm saying Activision. We Ooh. we don't like Activision. <laughs> no, you know you know the scale that I'm talking about. Though. Yeah, yeah. EA, I, I they're having you. a redemption story. Give it to EA. Get them to hop on it, man. Look, I mean, think about a few games in, in the last few years that have had a bit of a unique art style that got it, that garnered attention. So you had what was that Dragon Ball Z game that looked like Dragon Ball Z? Oh, Fighters, Fighters, Dragon yeah. Ball Z Fighters, like. Yes. The first thing that everyone noticed was like, this looks like the show. Then you had um, Unravel, the little cotton man. He was cute. I saw um, on Twitter, there's like an indie game coming out and it looks like it's all like hand knitted on, um, it was like wood, that wooden like circle and you knit in it. I don't know what it is, <laughs> I, but it looks like you're playing on that. That's cool. I want a claymation game. I just Hell want, yeah. well, I'm a on that topic, true, though. sorry, <laughs> there was a game released in 1996 called The Neverhood. Yes! Claymation <laughs> game. I remember it vividly from when I was a child and it scared me. It was terrifying because it was, <laughs> well, it was, 
like cartoony, but it was also a little bit just off, a little bit scary. Jesse, I really recommend you look uh, you look this game up because it just. I think it's I think it's on good old games and stuff. Um, yes, yeah, I, yeah. Like I played that game like eight years after it came out. When you know I was a dumbass kid, had a great Incredible time. Incredible looking game. Like they tried to bring it back, and they, uh, it was not happened? good. It was not good. It was um, it was a Kickstarter project, um, got drawn out a little bit, and then when the actual game released, a lot of the puzzles were just nonsensical and kind of just boring. Yeah. Cool art style. Wasn't there <laughs> no also that, I want to say Clay Fighters or something on the N64? I forget oh, what it was. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was it Clay, Clay Fighters? Fighters? It was. Yeah, Clay it was Fighters. on. Okay. It was. There was one on like SNES. There was one that was like Blockbuster exclusive. Yeah, yeah. Hear me out. Hear me out. It would have to come on the 3DS, but look. <laughs> no, don't you give Josh a heart attack. attack. <laughs> I need something with a touch, with some sort of like touchpad capabilities. Have a game like Knack. Okay, now I Josh is going to come. Okay, <laughs> it's like Knack, but you're made of clay, and you go around, and in the levels you get more and more clay, and it adds to you, you become bigger and bigger. But the reason it's on the 3DS or whatever DS you want is there the character creation screen that relies on how much clay you have because you can use the uh, stylus or your fingers to actually manipulate the clay to make your character. Make in, that. In. Drawn to All life, right. but with clay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, then I offer a substitute instead of the 3DS. You can do it on PS5 and the Switch. Oh, dude. And the PS5 touch thingy doesn't the work. haptics. Ooh, yeah. There you, you go. poke the clay and it could be ghost DLC. Well, Patrick Swayze helps you. Jesse, <laughs> shut down the podcast. We need done, to keep this to ourselves. Done. Everyone, everyone, I'm leaving. I'm going away. I'm going to Hollywood. Haptic feedback. Oh, Jim Ryan, get on the I phone. Could, I could just see the look, like the light in Keelan's eyes just fade. Then he's, he's like, I'm going to have to audio balance this. You wouldn't play the game? <laughs> I would. No, I'd, Keelan, I'd absolutely play the shit I, out of that game. I, I, I Yeah, I would. Come on. Of course, I'm not soulless. Like, I'm just angry. Do you back in like, he's just angry about like, the audio work he's going to have to do. Did you later. guys study art at all at school? No, I mean no, not our choice. Um, so I did back when I thought I had creative talent. <laughs> but you know, you'd watch things like Walls and Grounds, like I can make that out of clay. Give me some clay, I'll make a dog. I don't give a shit. And then you have the day where you get to make stuff out of clay. It's like, oh, make a head. Hardest thing in the world. You can't do it. Oh, yeah. It's difficult, yeah. Mm-hmm. Difficult. I agree so with that. This game could have helped me. Let's move on from talking about Clay. Let's talk about something that happened last week. The PlayStation <laughs> Showcase. Let's actually talk about fucking video games, but ones that exist or soon will exist. Um, PlayStation Showcase. So this is basically, in a normal year, this would have been PlayStation showing around E3 time, you, you would imagine. Um, they didn't rock up at, e, at E3. A few people didn't. A few people. A few companies didn't. Um, Gary, this is the big Steve, one everyone was waiting for Greg, and it was a pretty solid showcase. Um, a lot of people saying it's one of the best show- PlayStation showcases in the last few years. Now I'll get everyone's sort of wrap up thoughts towards the end, but we're going to go through every game shown off there. Some in a bit more detail than others because some we've seen a million times. Death Loop, which comes out tomorrow. Um, let's start off. Let's start off where you would start at the start with the Knights of the Old Republic remake from Aspia and Luke's films. 
Um, there's a remake of the 2003 Bioware RPG. It'll be console exclusive on PlayStation at launch, and it will be coming to PC. Guys, who plays who's played Kotor here? Oh yeah, I have. Oh not. yeah, I have played maybe the first fifteen minutes of it. Now I've played I've played Kotor too many times. <laughs> I've started. It's one of those games where I've started from the beginning many times. Um, with all the dumb ports that they've put out. Um, I finished it on original Xbox. I've played it at cousins and uncles and you know, relatives and friends, and I've rented it. Um, I, I try. I got about halfway through it on iOS as well, and I beat it again on PC. It's um, wow. it's an interesting game. I don't know. I don't yep. know why that in particular speaks to me because I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. Well, there's the, there is absolutely it's. It, what I would consider to be one of the biggest cult classics so far as like Star Wars is concerned as a franchise. This is one of those gems that like only half the fan base has ever touched and everyone that's like really, and of those half, only half of them have really invested themselves in it. And those that have, have absolutely loved it. It's one of those games that is just like, there's that almost like mythical aura around it that if you bring it up in conversation, no matter where the fuck you are, there's always one KOTOR fan that will come yes. like climbing over tables to be like, mm. I fucking love KOTOR. I Dude, have a friend yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that. And they are so excited for this, just conceptually. Yeah, you do, Simon. His name's Josh. He's right here. <laughs> I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm like, it's one of those things where like, I don't want to oversell and make it seem like I'm super into it um but it, it's just a game that's stuck with me it's a game that i've um installed on like every pc i've had um xbox original xbox didn't grow up having one but it was one of those games that was exclusive to the original xbox back in the day so it was re- it was like um and it was like a prestige thing um looking at the other that's why i never played it look at the other console yeah yep i'm, I'm a massive I'm a, I'm a big star wars fan whenever people you know know that i like video games and they don't like star wars they asked me, I would like KOTOR, and a lot of people are very offended when I haven't played a second of KOTOR, um, and they get really, really mad at me. But Josh, I think I would say that you're probably definitely the biggest KOTOR fan here. Let's do it. How did you feel when the remake got announced? Um, so, it was one of those things where as soon as kind of the trailer started, and I heard the voice, and you know, of course, we're seeing... Um, we're seeing Star Wars shit. <laughs> it's kind of like, okay, I put it, I'm putting it together. We've heard these rumors. You know, we've heard these for years now. Um, we know EA has kind of done weird things with the license. And, of course, we got the Old Republic online MMO, which is surprisingly decent. Um, mm. I've got some friends that, um, not heavy gamers, but, like, lost themselves to it for just having a persistent online Star Wars universe to exist in still. Um I know there was like Star Wars galaxies and stuff that kind of fell off. Um, but Knights of the Old Republic to me, um, like I said, I'm not, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but to me, this kind of, it precedes Mass Effect. Um, and it takes place in a really exciting kind of time um, in this universe, in this space, in this galaxy um, where you don't know what's right and wrong at this point. Uh, you don't know, what allegiances are kind of going on here. You don't know whether you can trust that smuggler or that bounty hunter. Um, whereas I feel like you could, you could make a Star Wars game like Fallen Order set between episodes three and four. You know who the bad guys are. You know what's going on. You know when you run into a smuggler that they're 
you know, we've met Han Solo. He's probably a cool guy and he's got a good heart. They're going to do it again. Um, it's just kind of like history repeating themselves. Knights of the Old Republic to me is a breath of fresh air. And to me personally, as somebody not super into Star Wars, reminds me a lot of The Last Jedi <laughs> in a lot of fun ways. See, you, you, you have just sold this to me perfectly. Perfectly. And I've unsold so many other people, so I apologize. That's just my that's just my <laughs> read on it. That's just no, my read I, on Star I, Wars. I love Star Wars, but it's um it's a bit of a shame that it's so the universe is so small in the Star Wars films. Everyone's related to everyone. Yep. There's like three families. It it doesn't work for me. I love the wider universe. That's why I really like what they're doing with like Mandalorian. And have you guys seen the 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 um trailer for Star Wars Visions? It's mm. the coolest thing I've ever seen. They're getting six anime uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. studios to make an anthology of Star Wars. The Animatrix stuff. Star Wars stuff. <laughs> it looks it is the most hype shit I've ever seen. Agreed. But they're doing some really weird Star Wars stuff and they're expanding that universe so it's not so you know, black and white. It's not just Jedi's versus Sith because call me crazy. I'm over that. Yeah. I don't care about that anymore. Um, that's why unpopular opinion, unpopular opinion, I loved Last Jedi because it was stepping away from the, you know, everything. But let's not get into that discussion too much. I do, I do. Sorry. I, I just wanted to say, as somebody who's they're familiar with it, um, the kind of the battle system that they used back then was an early version of what they kind of used in Mass Effect. It was more active, ta- active, active time, turn-based, whatever they call it, ATB kind of thing, um, mm. where it wasn't fully real-time combat where you, you know, you're getting your blaster and you're popping off shots. It was more so you pick your action, you build up points that you could expend on more actions kind of thing. It was kind of turn-based. Um, I know it rubbed a lot of people I know that played the game the wrong way. I didn't mind it. I kind of saw it as like a, a pen, and pa- pen and paper kind of, you know, RPG. Yeah, yeah that's kind um, of the ones. Yeah, it was kind of exciting to me. Um, but seeing where Mass Effect went and how um, coordinating squads and stuff, and even actually um, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, Jesse, when we were kind of hypothesizing what Marvel Midnight Suns could be, I said, wouldn't yeah. it be interesting if they had a kind of squad-based, um, you know, real-time combat system similar to Mass Effect? I feel like this is the opportunity for them to really um, show Bioware what they've got here at Aspire, um, a company that's really just done kind of like blue point remaster kind of stuff. Um, I think this is a really awesome opportunity for them to step in and make a better Mass Effect game than Andromeda and really set the standard for where the next Mass Effect is going to be. I'm so glad you pronounced their name right because I called them Aspire. <laughs> Bio makes so much more sense. I think I really that's what it is. Yeah, man. But uh, I'm, the thing is, if they, if they are going to, you know, remake it in this way, I hope that there is at least one option to be able to keep the old combat system. Because if you want to, you know, remake it and modernize it and stuff, cool. Absolutely go for it. But at least give the player base options because there will absolutely be people that will love and defend even the clunkiest of combat systems, no matter what game, because something just clicks in their brain for them and they can, you know, absolutely master it. Um, So I think always having that option is important and i think especially mm-hmm. for something as renowned as kotor it's going to be super important 
to have. Dude, that I think you're right. Uh, like Final Fantasy VII Remake had the classic yeah. mode. I, I never yeah. tried it. Uh, I haven't heard a whole lot of conversation about it, but it's there. It's there for people to play around with. Yeah, absolutely. Kylan, we were discussing this uh, over the last few days, and you were saying you you had some. Uh, you were worried about a few archaic, uh, you know, well, remnants you know, of the, like, the game. Is it the combat or? It, it's basically the combat and the way you interact with the systems. Um, it's it's an old game, KOTOR. And, uh, you know, when I played it, the reason I bounced off of it is because it just doesn't hold up in... Uh, I played it in 2019, I think. It didn't It didn't do anything for me as someone who didn't play the game back in the day and picking it up fresh, I'm like, wow, there's just better things that do the same thing right now. So I, I can't. But apparently, according to the vast majority of fans, the story is so fantastic that it is something that is worth experiencing for that alone. And uh, that led me to sort of look into a little bit more about how the game's being made. And apparently it is... They're basically taking the story as like the framework and then they're going to rejig everything else more or less. So this could give us like, Josh, you said something so interesting before you compared it to um, Midnight Suns and like that XCOM style experience. If they just straight up go and say, this is an XCOM game, this is like a tactical game. And oh my God, they I just wet myself. That's the gameplay. That's how you play it. I feel like that would be amazing. That would go down really, yeah. really well. It I might totally be against the, the spirit a little bit in that like you you don't have like direct control of a singular character, but I just feel like that that could really work here in this instance. I mean, like when you say XCOM kind of thing, I do of course think of more isometric, kind of like reminds me of like Neverwinter Nights and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um of course I don't think they're gonna do that, but flipping the perspective and still having that kind of system. I, I think that's yes, a great idea. Yeah, man. Exactly. Yeah. That could be awesome. Well, let's, let's roll into our next game. This is a game I don't have that many notes about because I forgot that it was announced. <laughs> Project Eve. You play as scantily, not scantily clad, just tightly clad protagonists chopping up monsters. Ooh, and yeah. one of them is like a big eyeball on the International Space Station. Okay. It looked like one of those, it looked like, I think it was like one of those like biblical angels, you know, to all eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, one thing that was really it weird was one about that is cool. that if you rewatch the trailer, it's uh, very interesting because there's a moment where like you see one eye open up and it's inside of another eye. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. not even in the middle or anything. It's like on the side. And I'm like, that's just, no, that's Can just we, uncomfortable. It, it, it would be cool if it was the International Space Station and it has like ISS on it. Yeah. But I is E Y E. It's like, fuck, ISS. Holy <laughs> shit. Boss. Can I get like Statical. a consensus as well? This this starts. It looks like a platinum game. What the hell? Yeah, it looks it like does. the Automata. Admittedly, I am. That's what I. Yes. For yeah, a second, dude, we, we, got, we, got, we got a sexualized heroine. She's flipping around. She looks badass. Looks I thought like it Bayonetta was Bayonetta as well. I thought it was Bayonetta yeah. for a second. Like when dude. I saw the hair flip, I was like, Nintendo brought Bayonetta three to yeah. the PlayStation event. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> is this like some Bayonetta spinoff or something? What's going on? No. And then they start being like, Eve, 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 Eve. There's a parasite. And you're like, what the hell am I meant to think? It looks yeah. like, like it could be a Parasite Eve sequel. Yeah, I don't absolutely. know. I, what I, the hell? I, I'm watching. That was my mind going through it all. Yeah, absolutely. I'm watching this trailer and I'm sitting there thinking like, back in 2003, 
if the world had split off into two different directions after the release of Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball? <laughs> the reality <laughs> what if episode? The reality that we lived in where oh, the game man. Eve exists is the one where that kind of game succeeded. It's super weird. Like I I don't know why, but I feel like uncomfortable that that was at a like a Sony first party major thing. It just feels oh, like the not- vibes I got not in yeah. tune with 2021. Like, well, it, it seemed very, very. The look, gameplay wise, it seemed pretty legit. Right, and all the monsters yeah. have like chains on mounts. Good. What's with the, that? The visuals look really polished yes. as well. It gave me yes. like uh, and, RE remake vibes. Like, um, she had like RE engine and stuff. Yeah, there's that big like troll thing with this ring of teeth, and the way she like cracks it off. Remind me of like very God of War sort of finisher, just like brutalizing the it's enemy slick. and jumping off it. It reminded me of killing those big elephants at God of War Ascension. Hey, you just sort well, of jump on their head, <laughs> stab them up a little bit and jump off it. Um, whatever. The, the best comparison I can make is Black Desert Online, which is a Korean MMO. And visually speaking, it is stunning. The character creator for black desert online is insane like you can customize individual strands of hair if you really want to like there is so much you can do just in the character customization but then the gameplay feels really kind of shallow and there's no like real direction and it is an mmo and it's kind of like all right here you go and i don't know what i'm doing and i've got like some weird little black sprite thing telling me hey go here and check this out and wow i'm getting more powerful and i'm like hey listen who the fuck are you like what's going on i don't understand but it's a very pretty game and i have a kind of similar feeling from project eve in that it's going to be a real nice spectacle but the gameplay might end up being a bit shallow and i have a feeling that a lot of those scenes that we saw are going to be more interactive cutscene than anything else and yeah you know, they we, we, some QTs. yeah i was about to say we saw we saw a couple of like quick time event prompts and stuff like that so i'm kind i don't know how much gameplay there's gonna be that's actually gonna be worth playing but if it is platinum game style then that could be pretty fun oh let's move on to the well, next tiny tina's wonderlands uh, it's a spin-off of borderlands cross with like D. it's it it's different I think we can all safely say, are any of us here Borderlands fans? No. Je- Jesse, no. I, I'm, okay, no. We're, we're I'm conflicted. Hold on, Jesse. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm conflicted too, for what it's worth. I, Ooh, look at Mr. I'm more, I'm more than one dimension. Ooh, I like <laughs> the, the gameplay loop of Borderlands. I like what it has to offer. I like the feeling of shooting guns in Borderlands 3. It's act- it feels good. But literally everything else about that game makes me want to fucking puke. I hate the sense of humor so much. It causes a visceral reaction yeah. to me. Like I cringe and just turn into a ball and like just like Pac-Man style just evaporate. Like it's horrible. Like it really rubs me personally the wrong way. I know some yeah. people like that. Fair enough. That's your thing. But for me, that defeats what is otherwise a really solid gameplay experience. Like, it feels good to play. Well, yeah. See, my my personal opinion is probably slightly different because I I remember I played Borderlands 1 for about 15 minutes and I was like, yeah, whatever. I, meh. 
And then Borderlands 2, I played a little bit with a friend and got a bit more into it and got past like the first couple of bosses. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. Then put it down and never, never ever picked it up again on Xbox 360. And then a couple of my friends were like, hey, let's play it on PC when the remasters came out. I was like, all right, fine. So went through Borderlands 1, didn't enjoy it. I thought the gameplay loop was kind of like it could have been good, but it wasn't and it wasn't fleshed out in the right way. The story made zero sense. It was like, yeah, go kill this guy. Why? Because I said so. Okay, right. This is happening. Uh, look, now you're opening the vault. Why is this important? What What is going on? I don't quite get it. And then Borderlands 2, we had a much better time because the actual gameplay itself is far more fleshed out way more fun and actually felt like it had a bit more pacing behind it. Yes, the comedy is stupid and the story is pretty rubbish overall, but it was a much better time. We played a couple of the DLCs, including the um, the one that this is a spin-off of, which was, um, I forget what um, it's Black called. Gold. I completely forget what it's called, but it's essentially, it's the same sort of concept. It's D&D in Borderlands 2, Tiny Tina narrates, and it's funny, and it's silly, and it's actually quite good. Borderlands 3, I hated. I think we got about halfway through, and I'm like, nah, I'm fucking done with this. This is, this is shit. Um, so, Does anything about One Lands pique interest? You, you said yeah. you like that DLC. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I've really enjoyed the DLC. Um, and uh, I just really hope that this is more like the DLC and not more like Borderlands 3. Borderlands yeah. 3 had story issues, pacing issues, gameplay issues I found just in incredibly boring. And, you know, like none of the characters felt like important characters. Instead, it was always about chasing after the characters from Borderlands 2 because the characters in Borderlands 2 were actual characters and were kind of cool and, you know, fun, sweet, cool. Borderlands 3, yeah, go chase after them. Don't worry about your own character. Your own character doesn't fucking matter in this universe. You're going after the important ones, which were the ones that you played in the last game. So, you know, I just hope that this, as a spin-off, gives us something fun. I don't want the the silly toilet humour that will definitely exist. But they wrong, you, you look at the wrong franchise. I know, I that's, know. That's what it is. But at the very least, if the gameplay itself is fun, then I can put aside pretty much everything else. And if it just means that I get to have a silly D&D-based, you know, shoot em up experience yeah. with a couple of friends, then yeah, I can I can get behind that. I think there's value on that. Josh, yeah. right. how do you feel about uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands? Like, my, my feelings on Borderlands are very similar to Keelan's. Um, the humor just never really struck me. It's a, it's a game that I've tried picking up multiple times. Um, of course, like being in high school when these games were coming out, it was, you know, something that I tried giving a lot of like attempts to get into. Um, I knew lots of people that were into it. Just never really struck a chord with me. Um, but I will say, I, I thought this trailer was one of the better ones. Yeah. Um, I mean, like Baby Metal was a ton of fun to have. Oh there. yeah, absolutely. I was, I was well happy with that. A, it was a atmosphere and it really like perked me up at, you know, 4am in the morning when I was watching this. Um, so I thought it was a really fun trailer and it really like, if there was ever a Borderlands trailer that appealed to me, this was it. It looked exciting and fun and silly. Um, and it had cool music. <laughs> See, I, I think, uh, yeah, that, that was, that was a cool touch. 
it's not the humor I enjoy. However, for the people that this does appeal to, I think this space, the whole D&D high fantasy bullshit, is, is a really, it, it's ripe for the picking. You could do some really fun stuff with it. It's yeah. just not the type of stuff I'm into. So, you know, That's if you're thing. interested like, in so Borderlands, far, this could be a good time. So far as D&D games are concerned, like we've got plenty of them to choose from. Uh, there's Baldur's Gate 3. Like D&D. Well, yeah, like there's Itself. Baldur's Gate 3, which is on the horizon. It's in early access and I'm really excited for it. Um, but there's not one that is kind of silly. All of them are serious in their own way and take themselves rather seriously and try and tell a very particular story. There's none which are just a little bit wacky and a little bit dumb. And so I think that's why there is absolutely space for Tiny Tina's Wonderland. I think that's actually an excellent point. Um, I, I think that is a really unique um, part of the I don't know, the market uh, that isn't really honed in on a whole lot. I think... Um, even looking at the marketing, yeah, for Baldur's Gate, um, I just think, like, what are the things that I enjoy about, uh, you know, classic tabletop RPGs? Um, and that's really the shenanigans. You know, like playing Divinity mm. together, Simon. My favorite oh, yeah. moments were when I <laughs> slept with somebody at the bar while you guys were going off on an adventure. And they were kidnapped by a spider queen and I was freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> I know we leave you unattended for like two minutes and you get yourself into trouble. Why? I was having a bit of fun. Come on, man. They stole everything I had over my journey. It was like 40 hours of Let's- content. I love how Josh is being attacked by a dog. <laughs> it's a okay, let's move on to the next game. And this is a game that we've seen b- before, but it used to be called Project Athea. Um, and then I think it was announced as Forspoken um, a few months ago. And we finally got to see it as Forspoken properly. Um, it's a new game from Square Enix, written by Gary Witter of Rogue One fame and Amy Hennig of Naughty Jog. Naughty Jog. Fame. Naughty Jog. Naughty Jog. When, when you go out for a from... second jog in your lockdown. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you jog for two hours and ten minutes. Um, this is originally announced uh, June 2020. We got to see... Um, what the game's about. So you play as Frey, a 21-year-old New Yorker who gets sucked into this magical world of Athea. Um, you fight monsters. You traverse the land with some sort of like wristband thing. It's named Cuff. Yeah. The Sentient Magical Bracelet. Dogs, dear. Um, the game will actually be set and Athea, and also New York City. You're going to go back and forth. Oh, oh sweet. Yeah, okay. I, okay. I, I wasn't nice. aware of. That's cool. Um, music by Bear McCreary from God of War. Mwah, beautiful. Um, and Gary Scheiman from Bioshock. Uh, and we'll be getting a bit more of a look at this one at the Tokyo Game Show um, in a few months' time. This got me excited. This is something fresh. And, like, we, we've seen this before. This started off as what I thought was, like, a bit of a tech demo. Yeah, yeah, I think we um, also when, when they were showing it off a while ago, and then it's just clearly there's so much more behind the scenes. Fresh new IP, character looks really cool. Um, I, I like the idea of this sort of warrior um, going around the land fighting monsters and wearing like chucks and, yeah. uh, and like a, a, a flannel t shirt. Uh, it's like, fuck you, this is cool. This is what I'm wearing. <laughs> this is the best. Um, that talking bracelet thing's a bit weird it's, it's charming i'm two dollar benedict cumberbatch <laughs> i'm about like 80 percent invested 
And the two biggest detractors for me are one, the bracelet, and two, the isekai concept, which is, you know, the taken from regular world to another world kind of concept. It's a huge trope in anime and manga at the moment, which I I don't consume a huge amount of, but I, you know, just over the past few years, it's been such a big thing that it's been impossible to avoid. And I'm kind of tired of that concept. I feel like there's a much better way to introduce your character to a different world without just a oh, magical portal. Way crazy. Or, I think, yeah, I think yeah. that's, that's been like a, a trope for... For as long as tropes have existed, absolutely. But it's just, I mean, partially because of the fact that it is Square Enix, which obviously, you know, being a Japanese company, it leans even further into that isekai trope in and of itself, which I don't like. And it's like, oh, wow, the person that happened to fall through this portal is the chosen one of destiny. Crazy how that happened. But there'll be that twist. It's like, I wasn't the chosen one at all. And Cuff will be like, yeah, you weren't the chosen one, but you're the one who can do it. Yeah. Thanks for believing me. That's the thing. I'm I'm just... Fuck yeah! Just sort of like uh, I'm, I'm worried that it might be a little bit too cliche with maybe some of the storytelling and stuff like that. But aside from the that, particle effects. Like aside that, from that, I, like, there is only one other thing that I am slightly worried about, and that is the cat. I hope the cat gets fed. Oh, I hope very that that can go back cat. and feed your cat. But a lot of good cats in trailers this year. Between this and Stray, <laughs> yeah. I'm very happy. With I want to go back and feed the cat. And the Matrix trailer. <laughs> cats everywhere. I actually, one, you're the cat. Touching base. I like watching this trailer 100%, Simon. I thought of you and I thought about the whole Isekai thing. And I knew, I know it's a trope. I, I know that we've had many mm. conversations about it. But what actually got me is that this kind of feels kind of one of those timeless films you kind of grow up with it gives me mm. kind of like never-ending story kind of vibes in a weird way okay and i don't think yeah, there's enough yeah. games that kind of nail that atmosphere or that kind of storytelling and actually thinking you know about was? sorry just thinking about like um gary witter and what i know about him of course and consuming podcasts and stuff like that that he's been on i know he's a huge fan of some of those old films and i know he's a huge fan of like the last starfighter and things like that and at their core those were stories about kids going on these fantastical adventures and coming back and, you know, learning a moral or whatever and, you know, not mouthing off at their mum, whatever it was. <laughs> um, but these kind of um, whimsical coming-of-age stories, I don't think... We, I don't yeah. know, like, of course, we get coming-of-age stories in video games. Come on, Josh. But, like... Miles uh, Morales. These kind of, yeah, but this kind of whimsical, timeless kind of feeling... Um, I don't know, it has a kind of really magical vibe that I, I don't get from a lot of other video games. And I know for a fact that this is positioned to be Square Enix's next big thing. This is meant to surpass Final Fantasy. This is meant to be a, whatever they call it, quadruple A title. Um, and I know yeah. Sony's hedging a lot of their bets on it as well, giving it as much uh, airtime as they do. So I, I'm I'm hooked. Um, I wasn't completely sold on other trailers, but... Um, just watching this one and getting that vibe and seeing the kitty and hearing that we're going to be able to go to New York and back um, and seeing that world and knowing that's made on the same engine by, I believe, a lot of the same team members of Final Fantasy XV has me so excited. That's a vast world. God, this looks so pretty. Yeah, that's Mm. a a vast world that I I loved looking out in the horizon being like, I can go there in a kind of grounded way. Um, I I don't know, man. I'm sold. I'm spitting. I think... 
it's funny that you bring up Miles Morales because I got that same vibe from just this like young positivity that the protagonist had. It's like you're in the shit. Any other character in, in any other game would be like, oh no, we'd go back. Oh no, this is happening. She's like, okay. Right, Next cool. thing I'll be let's able let's to fly. And then the brace is like, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that got and a genuine chuckle like, out of me. I remember when I had spirit. <laughs> But that got a genuine chuckle out of me, and I'm like, okay, this could be really fun. Like, it's I don't, cute. even if it, even if it is a little bit tropey, if it's just good fun, I'm more than happy to, you know, throw my money at this. I think at the point where we all consume so much media, especially in lockdown and stuff like that, that the tropes are just becoming more apparent because we're consuming way more media than we ever have. Tropes are tropes. Tropes are, tropes stick around because they're good. Mm. They work. I got a problem with a trophy. If it's if it's a bit of a spin on it, or it's something that we haven't seen in a while, so that whole thing of just like a positive character having a bit of fun with it. Also, the main villain's played by the woman who who played Iden Versio, who I think is oh, like a dude. super underrated Star Wars character. What's her name? Janita uh, Gavenka. That's yeah, the one. Right. Um, I'm in. This looks. Yeah, this is good. It's made me happy. This one. Um, all, all right, moving on to look. We saw some more Rainbow Six extraction for the millionth time. We've spoken about this game. Cool aliens, and they're stealing money. I don't know. Let's move <laughs> on to the next one. This is one that I know Josh is very keen on. Alan Wake remastered. Let's go, Alan Wake remastered. Man, Alan Wake, uh, one of those titles um, as a little PS3. Um, Sony Pony back in the day I looked at and I was like wow that looks intriguing that looks fun that looks a little spooky um, but I could never actually play it of course um, got on PC um, I know it came to Steam a couple of years later um, had a bit of a play around with that had a great time with the little bit that I played of it but it wasn't until Lauren and I sat down and played it um, last year uh, after I played Control and was kind of enraptured yeah. by that world and was just really interested in some of the some of the seeds they were planting there. I thought it was time for me to actually go through and play it. And with Lauren as my guide, goddamn, we got most of the achievements and then gave up on an insanity run or whatever the hard difficulty is. Um, but so psyched that this is coming to other platforms for the first time. Um, the first game, super charming, has a lot of weird Microsoft product placement, like even the Bluetooth technology they use in they licensed out for like cars is in this game um it's it's really oddly specific just weird stuff like that um and it was kind of charming and off kilter and the whole game is like a big twin peaks homage and i'm i'm in love with twin peaks um so i'm i'm really stoked more people are going to get their hands on it um still looks the way it always did. Um, but I still think the uprising and like the lighting is going to look incredible because the lighting in that game is the lighting phenomenal. in this game is going to be something special. Yeah. Get, get this. So, let's ray trace him. On um, Josh, on, on your Lauren's recommendation, I, I played Alan Wake and also I'm a big control fan for those listening at home. I'm wearing a control t shirt because it's the only t shirt you see literally own. every day. It's cool, man. It says control. And if I stand in front of the microphone, says cool cool it says cool. At home it says cool um so i thought you know I, i'd give it a go just to sort of explore that universe a bit more and i couldn't get into it at all but i think i know why because everything about this game should appeal to me 
So I wasn't sure why it just didn't click. I think it's because it's playing on PC. I don't think I could play sort of single player narrative driven games on PC. I just can't concentrate. Perhaps. I so mean- when this comes out, I am sitting on the couch, I'm zoning out, and I'm going to play it. Being said, though, the Control AWE DLC, too many acronyms. Yeah. I didn't like. I actually really didn't like it. Because of the I narrative reasons or just because of gameplay? Because uh, I've been meaning to go back to Control the last couple of weeks to clean up um, some of the expansions. Yeah. And the way it was built up. But again, I, it could be one of those things where you might have been missing you may something. have a different experience yeah. because you have the whole Alan Wake experience with you. Yep. I mean, like, Obviously. it's one of those things where I, I know it's a dumb cliche and I hate saying it because, um, you know, play what you want to play. Um, but control takes a lot out of you. Um, I know it's not the longest game, but it took a little bit for me to actually, you know, engage with it in the way that the way that the game wanted me to um and yeah. alan wakes the same way it doesn't really sp- spell out a lot of the story you've really got to go piecing it together and it's very meta and you've really got to like you really got to think and there's so much of it that i can't even understand i couldn't tell you about it but it's a phenomenal experience and it's uh it's definitely one of my favorite narratives in video games and twin peaks come on man come on <laughs> I've never seen you fool. Me either. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I know. I need to watch it. Yeah, no, after I watch Mash, and after I watch Invader Zim, <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch Twin Peaks. It seems like the natural uh, progression. Man, I, of TV I won't shows. hold you to it. Well, speaking of games that came out a while ago, <laughs> coming out years and years and years ago, Grand Theft Auto V. You may have heard of it. Uh, um, what is getting a re-release? Okay, along with GTA Online, but that's baked in. Guys, people are done with this. Yeah, <laughs> me a too. Really strange backlash. So yeah, no, I'm fucking done with it. <laughs> well, I know you are because you've you've come out already. Interrupt me, Simon. You're going in the naughty corner for a second. <laughs> Let me choose the fucking game. Um, look, people are. I, 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 this has been shown at every single showcase. There's nothing really new being added to it. There's like an, a level of polish to it, but it's like it's not. Dramatic, because this game looked great on the PS Pro. Like, it's not worth charging people full price again for this game. It feels weird. And I know, look, you can't go off YouTube up and down votes too much on these sort of things. But as of recording, this one had 31,000 upvotes. 87,000 downvotes. This is a rock star game. It's awful marketing. That's just, all yeah. it is. Yeah. It's very, well, very so poor marketing. Weird. Not to mention it was meant to be out already. Uh, they've right. already got a, you know, of course they've got a PlayStation advertising deal um, and that's just completely fallen on its face. Um, sorry, I, I don't want to derail things. Um, there's just some really interesting rumor going around at the moment. Um, they kind of, am I, I might kind of say why this trailer was lackluster. Um if Sony's going to do another event in the next few months, just like they did last year, um, it might have even more PSVR 2 news or next-gen VR, like they're calling it. Um, people are saying that this might be a big, you know, launch title for it. Um, just like first, that would make sense. Just like first-person mode was kind of like the selling point of the, you know, PS4 and Xbox One versions and, and the PC version. That could make sense why the graphical leap isn't as big as you'd expect. Because oh, I, I don't... Look, on PSVR, it's not going to look fantastic. 
But like you, you wouldn't want the disparity between you know the normal version and the VR experience to be true different. You're right. Yeah, you can keep them a little bit closer together. Hmm. Interesting. And you're gonna no, want that think, 120 think, frames for GTA Online yeah. for those death matches. The thing that no. made me laugh through this trailer is it spooking like seamless transition between characters. Yeah, yeah, it had that on launch. What? Yeah, on the PS3. Explosive action. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. It Grand Theft Auto. If it didn't have explosive action, I'd return it. What are you on about? <laughs> well, it was look, a strange. Okay, time. I'm I'm just gonna pick apart some of that uh, real quick because I don't think the graphical the lack of graphical upgrade is because VR. It's because of the fact it's a PS3 game. Let me be conspiratorial. No, I, I, look, I appreciate your optimism, but I'm just going <laughs> to shut this down because fuck me sideways. GTA 5 should have fucking stopped. The fact that it is being regurgitated again with no changes, no DLC, no expansions, nothing. We're getting nothing extra ever for gta 5 other than the fact that hey look now it's on the past three fucking playstations the ps2 got three gta games and gta 5 got three playstations okay it's it's a joke at this point like it genuinely is i'm so fed up of it I, I, I do think that, sorry simon that josh's points also stand like very strongly in that it was still late and that delay is kind of insulting when it is a game that is from 2013 already. And I mean, we saw it at Sony's biggest conference of the year and yeah. arguably their best. And, and, and it's taken up this prime space with this long ass trailer that shows you nothing about the changes. That well, I, I think what's Bad also market, you're right. a, a little bit insulting is even the, the quality of the trailer. I, I think it goes through all the things they're adding. Um, and I don't know what they say, like increased pedestrian density. I, I apologize. I'm not trying to do it a disservice or hate on this game. Um, well, that's but, basically but what it was. They, but it was they go through that, that kind that of thing. And they're very subtle things that I really, truly believe the mainstream gaming population or the people that are putting a lot of time into GTA Online, I, I don't think they care about it, especially Ooh, no. because the way this was presented was more so the, the single player portion is what they were talking mm. about. And GTA right. Online is just kind of like a pack-in. Um, but I, I think the fact that it kind of got a bit obnoxious where it had the big block letters where it's like increased pedestrian density or whatever it was. <laughs> and then it would say, and other upgrades. And it's like, yeah, dude, and then show nothing. dude, that's what we want to know. This is what that's we want to know. We're fans of your product. Like, get us excited. Ugh. I mean, I can't believe GTA 5 and re-release so, so many times, it's forced there to be another Skyrim. Yeah. Skyrim's trying to remain the meme. It's a race to the bottom. Yeah, it is. And again, like, just for, I don't know, I guess a bit more clarity, GTA 5 and it's, specifically GTA Online as an attachment to that, is the single most profitable piece of media in human history. Nothing even comes close to that. Like, and I'm, you can look up the numbers. It is insane how much money has been produced from GTA Online. And Rockstar are fully aware of that. And of course, you know, all of the publishers are very, very aware of that as well, which is part of the reason why we're not getting another fucking GTA game anytime soon. It's because they're too busy milking GTA Online for every fucking penny it's worth. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, let's move on to Ghostwire Tokyo. This is a game that was announced a while ago, and I think when it was first announced, I definitely thought it was going to be something very different. I thought it was going to be much more standard horror. Mm -hmm. 
But it, you know, in the last few trailers, we've seen it sort of become like a neon-infused, futuristic horror. Yeah. Um, Josh, I know you're, you're, you're keen on this one, aren't you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, um, so this is made by Tango Gameworks. Um, so these guys made Thief Within games, which I adore. Um, I, I really love those games. And the team was originally helmed by Shinji Mikami, um, you know, from Resident Evil. Um so there's a lot of awesome stuff to dig into there as a fan of horror. Um, but just seeing the first couple of trailers, I know the first one was a little intriguing. I know we saw like, I remember seeing like the dog in the rain and there was kind of like spirits moving around Japan. And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a dumb weeb. Of course I love that. Um, but going on, um, the trailers kind of showed that this was more focused on combat um, and first person combat at that. Um, so it really wasn't what I was expecting from them. Um, and the focus on kind of like this martial arts and stuff from a first person perspective seemed really unique. Um, maybe not quite up my alley. Um, but seeing this trailer, it seems like we got kind of a protagonist or I saw a face, you know, I, I saw a mm. face we that saw I could, antagonist. I, I saw a face that I could latch onto, um, a face that I saw could see struggle, you know, and triumph. And I, I think that's huge for me. I, I want to be involved in this world i want to understand the stories of its people um and i feel like this is the first trailer that really sold me on something other than the general premise you know um and i, I don't think it should have taken that long to get there um but it, i saw a character i liked them <laughs> it was finally something i'm still not completely in on it um it doesn't appeal to me of course as much of a, a classic uh survival horror game in the vein of awesome resident evil games um but it's something fresh it's new and i'm interested to see where it goes um but yeah i thought it was an interesting trailer look the opposite the the gameplay intrigued me more in this trailer but the antagonist pushed me away mm. the antagonist seems super generic yeah that's, fair. that's a fair point it, it, i don't know it just didn't do much for me and because um the design because it wears that kitsugi the fox mask i i think i saw i thought i sort of I thought of the 100,000 Deathloop trailers we've seen where <laughs> there are some of the villains who wear that that same fox oh, mask. Really? I immediately thought of this other game. Jesse, um, yeah, I think you bring it, raise a valid point there because I only watched that trailer like a couple of days ago and I'd forgotten that there was a villain in there at all. Sorry. It was very... A lot of the dialogue the villain had was super generic. Even the form seemed a little bit... Dude, I can't even remember this villain you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. He's wearing he's wearing an Oni mask. And like Oni when, mask, that's when you see him, he's just sort of in like a white area. There's... I don't know whether... I don't know if there's anything actually going on behind him yeah. at all. But like, yeah, it, I don't know. I don't... I still don't know what this game is about or what the fuck is going on. Like, I have been given nothing to go off. Because the last trailer I remember about this game was people, like, jumping off of Tokyo Tower and landing on motorbikes and being caught by their friend. And I still don't know uh, yeah, what this game happen. is about. Like, I, I don't know. Ghostwires, apparently. Yeah, like, what, what does that even mean? I, Are we getting a Ghostwire a different place? Are we getting, like, a Ghostwire Moscow one day? Oh, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't hate the, the gameplay that I saw in the trailer. No, like but that's the thing. Is, Get, it's very yeah, much like one of those. I uh, gotta wait to see some additional coverage. Absolutely, to understand yeah. what this is to begin with. Like, well, speaking of games that I just need to see more of because I'm intrigued. I'm getting in there. Marvel's Guardian Guardians of the Galaxy, which comes out uh, October 26th, really isn't far away no. at all. Um, 
yeah, so we've got our, what, our second look at mm. the uh, new Guardians game. We've got to see Cosmo, a golden retriever who wears a spacesuit, who I found it is the head of security of nowhere in the big <sighs> head. The big uh, celestial man. skull. Head of security. Love it. And we also got to look at Novacore. We didn't get much in the way of real gameplay here, but I felt like this trailer hit a little bit better than the first one did. Yeah. I, I had some opinions on the first one. This one seemed very James Gunn. The humor in it felt... Okay, the humor is very much the film because everyone liked the, 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 the humor in the film. I didn't hate it. It seemed... Interesting. Yeah, I feel I feel like the biggest stigma we have towards this Guardians of the Galaxy game is that it's a licensed Guardians of the Galaxy game. Yep. If you just show me a yeah. fun third-person, team-based, you know, shoot 'em up brawler kind of thing, dude, it looks like a blast. There's awesome AOE attacks going on. Um, I just feel like the fact that they're even the hands are kind of tied behind their backs, showing off these trailers. This one didn't have any licensed music in it. Mm. had generic yeah, filler music um yeah and it's it's just very it's just interesting um because apparently this game is really built around the, this licensed soundtrack like every move you do kind of thing um ability team up attacks things like that it really is focused on this music which really appeals to me um but i i see how they're kind of failing to kind of communicate that. so it did be so. Well, it's strange because like games sort of live and die on their streamability nowadays. Yeah, you can't stream that game. Like, have you guys seen? I shared a clip in the WhatsApp group <sighs> of the new Life is Strange game, and come out with a streamer mode on it, which I think all games should have from the get go a streamer mode because I hate having the little the mini heart attack I have whenever I hear licensed music in a game. But there's a scene where two characters are having a conversation. They're sort of bonding, and it's it's. It's um, focusing on, on music. They're discussing music and they're sort of playing air guitar and air drums and just having fun together. Rather than put in a generic rock song, which would have been very, very easy to do, they cut music. But oddly enough, they kept all the Foley effects so you could hear like <laughs> boots stomping on the ground as one character is riffing on air guitar, <laughs> on the, playing, <laughs> playing the broom like an air guitar, the other one jumping around like drumming on the walls. And all you hear is like the clop, the, the, the um, thumping of their feet on the ground. It's very strange. Oh, yeah. Life is I strange. I want that in this game. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <God>. Well done. <laughs> Bravo, Simon. That was right. great. <laughs> well, let's move on to the next one because I'm not going to read that joke. Vampire colon the Masquerade Dash Blood Hunt. Ugh. It's the uh, free-to-play Battle Royale um, spin-off of Vampire the Masquerade, which I believe comes out next year. Guns, swords, and vampire powers. I've never looked at a trailer and gone, no, quicker than I did with that. Well, I mean, you don't like Battle Royale. So. Correct. But also I feel like... Not every franchise needs a battle royale, and Vampire as a franchise shouldn't have a battle royale. They tried, we have had vampire based battle royales before, and it hasn't worked. It was sh- what was it? Um, Noskoth. It was based on oh, dude, Legacy of Kane one, yeah, 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 but yeah, based, based, based on the Rocket on League Psionics guys, yeah, so it was based, really, yeah. And it was shit. It was really boring. I tried playing it for like two days and every single time I tried playing, if I could even find a game, it was just the most 
boring shit. I remember, like, uh, like the week after Rocket League comes out, they go, look, guys, they put out a blog post where they're just like, this game just isn't good. (laughs) We're just cutting the cord. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you are either incredibly overpowered or incredibly underpowered and we're getting murdered every six seconds. There was no in-between. There was no balance and there was no fun to be had because of it. And I just don't think, like... Vampire wars don't make for fun concepts. We've, yeah, it's boring. Like, make it. I don't know vampires are kind of hard to make interesting because we have such a saturation of them in, <laughs> hey, uh, in you know modern media. You know, they're such a common, <laughs> common thing to come across. You know, they whether it's an yeah. enemy or you know whether it's a misunderstood protagonist or something like that. But you can still think of fun things to do. I just, eh. <laughs> To be fair... I think it was also a very flat trailer as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The trailer just didn't do much. Yeah, it didn't really didn't grab your attention. Well. Um, I, I see this as very much... Uh, vampires going through a, a renaissance, I don't know, um, where, you know, for years it was... We saw um, the Masquerade Bloodlines was really popular, you know, um, on the dark underbellies of the internet. And lots of people talked about how awesome it was, the storytelling and the atmosphere. Um, and now I feel like... Whoever owns that property, they're aware of that now. And they're doing the whole Wizards of the Coast thing where they're just licensing this stuff out to anyone who's willing to, like, just touch it. Um, Mm. Like, think about how much, how many Warhammer games have we gotten over the last 10 years? Or, um, like, and they're not all decent like Vermintide. (laughs) Like, there's a lot of bad ones. Um, I, I just see it as like that. It's just growing pains for this burgeoning franchise that I've no doubt is eventually going to get on the same kind of level as cyberpunk, maybe for better uh, or worse. I'm thrilled for the inevitable Edward Cullen DLC. Can't wait for that. <laughs> oh, man, I'll play the that. Battle pass with Edward <laughs> Cullen. No. <laughs> what we do in the shadows DLC. Oh shit. Yeah. No. Yes. yes. Played, uh, Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Give me that. Dude. Okay, it's gonna be the vampires that live in that apartment versus the swearwolves, and it's gonna be the best thing ever. <laughs> Fuck yeah! But, okay, watching the trailer reminded me of a game that was revealed, you know, uh, a few conferences ago. I thought of Redfall straight away. Yeah, because like, you have like these like, groups of vampires going around. You get your magic, you get da da da. But Redfall just did it a trillion times better. Yeah, and right. This trailer made me more interested in that game. Yes, than absolutely. Anything else. No, that was exactly the thought process I had. I was like. This isn't Redfall. What is this? Oh, shit. I want Redfall. Is there going to be a Redfall trailer? That was my thought process. All right, let's, um, we've got a lot more games to go through, so let's start, start hammering through a few of them. And let's go straight to a game that isn't really a game. Kid Amnesia. <sighs> God, I hate saying that. Exhibition. Uh, Kid Amnesia is a commemorative re-release of Radiohead's iconic albums Kid A, Amnesiac, and a third new album, called Kim Kid Amnesiae, um, which will have unreleased material from the two original albums recording sessions. God, it's pretentious. But yeah, well, that's... <laughs> look, I, I don't mind... Okay. That's my opinion, so, is that it's pretentious wank from Radiohead. Yeah. But so it's, Radiohead it's is a, a band that I should love. But I have never listened to Radiohead Beautiful. until today. I thought listening to today. Okay, okay, this is my shit. Because mm-hmm. it's moody. And so am I. But I want to tell you a story about, like, I think... I, I love this idea. For one, Epic's making it. Epic um, have quite a good 
you know, recent history, doing live music events in Fortnite. Say what you will about that game. That game, the music events are pretty fun and they're unique. It's a really different way of musicians, you know, reaching out to their fans. I'm a big fan. What I like is, you know, finding music through games always fun. And I remember when I got my PSVR headset, there was you know a bunch of sort of built-in. Uh, experiences you can have. One of them was a music video for an artist named Eden. It was for a song called Drugs. And he put it on and he had this whole audio-visual showcase and the song playing. And I fell in love with that song. It was amazing. And the, the actual audio-visual experience was one of the first things I would show people when they would come over to play VR. Like, give us a go. This is a really, really cool example of it. Um, Eden's now one of my most played artists on Spotify. Absolutely adore it. If this is a way to get people into um, Radiohead, cool. It's not for everyone. Cool. You know, not all music is. But why was this in a video game showcase? I think it's kind of like a prestige thing. It, I think still, it's it, being it's like still something coming to a PlayStation. Uh, like it's still a, a, a Sony product. I think it's just kind of like shaking hands with like the music division of Sony as well and being like, yeah, we're on the same boat. You know, just like when they do a homecoming VR tie-in. They want they want to be able to flex. It's still coming to PlayStation. Not not everything on the PlayStation is you know going to be a game. They, they, they no, may show you know. Yeah, I feel like it's like interactive. So, like it's something yeah, that is it is something that. Well, it's, it's quote. This is what they. This is God. It's so it's so pretentious. I love it. Quote. It's an upside down digital analog universe created from original artwork and recordings. <laughs> digital analog universe. Get the fuck out. Hell yeah. Let's move yeah, on to the next I'm game, getting please. this. This sounds great. Uh, Simon, when the bloody wombats do something like this on your 3DS, you'll be losing your uh, shit, okay? No, I won't. I'll call them you'll out for being... You'll be dancing a Joy Division all night long. Go back okay, to your look, Flip that's a, Studio. <laughs> hey, Flip Mode Again, Studio is an artistic masterpiece, and I won't hear anything bad said about it. Every time I try to insult English music, I'm like, I can't. It's it flawless. I know. It's so good. <laughs> also, look, if the wombats did this... Fuck them. Like, that's the thing. If it was anyone other than Radiohead, I feel like the opinions would be entirely different. And you'd be like, no, nah, this is pretty... because, nah, I, I mean, musicians have, have done this stuff before, like Interactive Showcase. This isn't a new thing. Radiohead isn't, hasn't invented this. This is quite a... From a biggest studio being epic, so this will probably get marketed a bit more. Yeah. This isn't anything new at all. You I just find it wanky, well. and I'm just like, you know what? I d- couldn't have cared less. This is... Well... <laughs> Let's move on to a game that filled me with nothing but joy. I loved this so much. Cheer. It was a very colourful, bright, innocent, happy trailer. And man, I just need more of this. So Cheer is inspired by life on the island island of New Caledonia, um, where developer... Um, so it's, I don't know what the studio is called. Awakeb? Awaseb? I don't know. But the co-founders, Bill, Bill, sorry, Phil Crefo and Thierry Bura both grew up in New Caledonia hmm. and they want to celebrate their heritage. I think it's really sweet. You play the young girl imbued with the power to quote unquote soul jump. Um, so you can basically impart your spirit into any animal or object in the world. So if you want a bird's eye view of the land, yeah, mind meld with a seagull and fly around and see what's happening. Uh, you know, you see, you can do it with a turtle. And whenever you take care of something, it's got the little flower that she wears yeah. in her head. Oh, it's so cute. Um, so Chia's quest, we'll see her deal with a threat named Mia Vora. Not quite clear what Mia Vora is, but we do see 
some sort of like factory being set up so you, you imagine that like industry is threatening to take over the islands um and you'll see enemies that appear to be throwing streams at you yeah okay. don't know what that is. I, I i think that, i think that would bind you because this isn't the type of game where you're gonna have enemies shooting at course, you yeah i think it'll be a thing where they throw these things and they sort of bind you up and you can get captured or whatever um, and a really cool touch is Chia's cast will be voiced by local actors in the traditional la- um, traditional regional languages. That is so freaking awesome, man. Seriously. Yeah. This is so nice. That's so like, great. I like refreshing palette cleansing games because I got the same vibes. Two very different games. But when I first saw Bug Snacks, I'm like, this is just innocent fun. I'm going to play this with a smile. Yeah. And that's what I got from this. And not only with this game going one better, I'm going to learn you know, the lore of New Caledonia, a place I don't know much about. Real world but lore, the trailer, Jesse. I want real to know world. more. Real world, yeah. Get real world. History. It's great. <laughs> like but, um, but that's the thing. I, <laughs> I feel like this is what? going to do <laughs> for, for New Caledonia what Moana did for that sort of region as well in terms of, you know, making people who aren't necessarily familiar with that sort of mythos and that region um you know excited about it and actually want to learn more and respect and understand the culture and the heritage that exists there and that's part of the reason why i'm really excited for this is that it looks Mm. incredible and the fact that it's being done so locally as it were just i don't know it's not some western studio going like hey yeah this is a this is a a hot topic we can just you know steal it's being done by people who you know this means it's a love letter to their like yeah their own heritage and i think that's such a sweet thing to do and i love that this is a game i'm definitely gonna play because i just want to just experience that and also (laughs) i think every playstation fan when it first started up and uh chia's playing the (laughs) ukulele and you got the chord everyone just went Oh shit, Last of Us. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> and my first one, like, it's like a Last of Us spinoff. Hells yeah. Play the card. I have to say that it's, you know, it was a great trailer as well because all of these elements that we are like perceiving from it comes directly from the trailer. Like everything was like communicated yeah. very clearly, like what the intent was and what, mm. what, what the meaning behind the game is. Like that was really good. It was, it was- a surprise. It was refreshing. Beautiful. It was actually a really great trailer in the way that they slowly rolled out what you're going to be doing in this yeah. game. Well, well yeah. we start with kind of the guitar and you're kind of like, okay. And she's kind of wandering around. You're like, okay. And yeah, all of a sudden, you're on a little raft with a big old sail, yes. having a jolly time. Oh, and then you're possessing yeah, animals. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like the, the twist escalation. of possessing animals. Like, she, she, like there's a seagull sitting there and she just pokes her head out from behind a tent and just stares at him like is she gonna like shoot lasers from it's, her eyes like that it's actually <laughs> takes over the really reminiscent of the marketing for um super mario odyssey um the way that game yeah. was kind of revealed and it kind of kept on building up you're like wait was that a bullet bill with a mario hat and then all of a sudden there was a dino with a mario hat uh. and it was just like a big reveal um i just love the construction of this trailer i think i think it's really well done and i i can't say enough about at the end when she pats the crab <laughs> the cutest thing i've seen in the trailer i i adore this this trailer just made me really happy and look it's not gonna be everyone's cup of tea but fuck him i'll drink all the tea then yeah you know, this is my tea now <laughs> uh let's move on to a uh a famous playstation series is being remade uncharted legacy of thieves so Uncharted, this is going to contain Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, and Uncharted Lost Legacy. Mm. 
Um, they're both making their way to PlayStation 5 and shockingly, somewhat shockingly, PC, mm. which I think is very, very cool. Josh, Yo. you're a big Uncharted fan. Love it. You have some theories as to why it's only four and lost legacy. Oh, absolutely. So, of course, we know PlayStation's want to move all their franchise over to PC, um, double dip a little bit a couple of years after they've kind of uh, made their first appearance on console um i feel like what they're doing here is of course both these games run on the same engine they're built on the same framework of That'll course um but also uncharted the nathan drake collection is already a marketable term um that they have for the first three mainline uncharted games not counting the vita spin-off um yeah i was wondering like, about that so this is already i, I really like that I heard like the video. Oh, it was great. It was, it was actually the Vita game I had. It was really good. Why? I don't know why I'm whispering here. <laughs> I, I, I got the Vita when I was in the States. So when I came back to Australia, I was one of the only people who had one because it was like a three month delay. And it was the first game I had. I'm like, hey guys, you want to see some fucking cool shit? Nathan Drake, but he fits in my pocket. Oh, it's so good, man. That game was great. Uh, it was, it was, great. Impre- it was crazy impressive for a portable game back in 2013. Um, yeah, no, I, I think. Um, that's simply what they're doing here. And of course, later down the line, we're going to get maybe even after the Blue Point acquisition is confirmed by Sony themselves, we're going to get that Blue Point remastered trilogy of the PS3 games here. Yes, That's going to take considerably more work considering those games were originally developed for PS3. They were eventually brought over to 60 frames per second on PS4. I believe just at 1080p, we haven't seen any PS4 Pro upgrades or anything like that. These games need considerable amount of work put into them. And I have no doubt they're going to want to bring it over to PS5 and flaunt some 4K up res, you know, some checkerboarding, whatever it is. I think that's all it is. They, they want to be able to say, this is the best of the best. This is Naughty Dog. Then that one-two punch next year, I reckon we're going to get Last of Us Part 2 on PS5. Finally, um, they've been teasing that a long, a long time. Um, and we're going to see The Last of Us 1 or maybe even The Last of Us Remake on PC Ugh. in a similar kind of bundle. After that, they'll do Uncharted, the Nathan Drake collection for PC. Um, but I... I I think this is a cool step forward. I think this is great showing people how awesome Naughty Dog is and how great and well-crafted their adventures are. Just to, because you mentioned them both. I was going to mention them at the end, but I'll mention them now. A, were you surprised the Blue Point acquisition wasn't announced at the showcase? Because I was. Mm. And B, were you surprised we didn't get to see any Last of Us multiplayer of uh, factions or whatever it's going to oh, be? Oh, man. So I totally thought we'd see some factions multiplayer. And you're Yeah, same like, here. Um, I know they've been putting up a lot of job listings and stuff like that recently. So a lot of people kind of cautious and maybe we won't see. Maybe it's a bit early. Um, but the way they kind of communicated the whole multiplayer shenanigans before Last of Us Part Two's launch... It seemed like they were pretty far along and like they just had to cut it the last second to make the date. They kept on getting pushed back, if you don't recall. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I am. I was a bit surprised that we didn't see that here. Um, and I don't know. Sony's never been one to announce acquisitions on stage. Um, but if they're going to start, I mean, like, could have showed off that, with a ball of Metal Gear Solid trailer, you know? Like, well, that's what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a trailer for a game and being totally. like, and Dragon Guard. You know, it would have the, the PlayStation Studios logo come up and then Blue Point. It's like, oh shit, nice. Yeah, man. No, um, I totally. So, that. like, not announce it, but show it. I thought that would be really also, cool. Also, Uncharted, that, The Lost Legacy, 
probably better than Uncharted 4. I mean, Uncharted 4 has me hooked right in my feelings, in the core of my being, but The Lost Legacy is just all around a better game, and I regret giving it a 9. It's a 10. If Uncharted 4 is a 10, Lost Legacy is a 10. 10. Done. I bought it because of what you said. I didn't play it, but I have it. Mm. (laughs) But now am I going to wait? Dude, it has a sick MIA song at the end. It's great. It's great. That's that's where I'm sort of sat as someone who's never played Uncharted and heard only positive things. I'm like, mm, do I wait for the inevitable PC version of the Nathan Drake collection and then grab the Lost Legacy collection? Do I, I do that? A while off. Or do I maybe do maybe I play the Lost Legacy, get a feel for it, then maybe go maybe. back and oh. play the Nathan Drake collection on PS4. I think we're almost um, at the right time to do an episode about Uncharted. A bit of an Uncharted retrospective. So I need to talk about I need to talk about the first I played Uncharted game. Oh, I was cried. It was beautiful. <laughs> Alright, let's move along to a game I did not see coming. Holy shit, I got hyped for this one. Marvel's Wolverine. What is in the water at Insomniac? What the actual <laughs> fuck is that studio doing? This is ridiculous. They have Miles Morales come out last year. They have Ratchet Clank Rift Apart come out earlier this year. They announced Marvel's Wolverine and... Oh, no, spoiler. We're going to be speaking about Marvel's Spider-Man 2 soon. Dude, and not to mention, they what are the hell? constantly lauded as being one of the best companies to work for in the US. What? Right. <laughs> this How do they do it? such a company doing it right. I don't want to... Look, we've been burnt in the past talking about the studio too much, but I'm willing to lay it on the line for Insomniac a little bit. Yeah, oh. that's fair. That is fair. Um, I, I just don't, can't trust any studios anymore. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, so we get to see Marvel's Wolverine. Now, we haven't got much. Or we know with the Wolverine game, it's going to have a quote-unquote dark tone. Um, well, so I, it's going to be led by M- Brian Horton, the creative director of Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Awesome! I guessed it was Wolverine within the first second, dude. That cowboy of the trailer, hat. like as soon as it was like Marvel, and then it cuts to a. I'm like, that's Wolverine. Yeah. That just immediately, that's Wolverine. And then right at the end, where you get the claws out, and I'm like, yes, I like how that's good. That. That was, that is a trailer from a developer at the top of its game. Oh, the mm. confidence! Because they, yes. they don't need to show much; they show you just enough. They could have just shown those claws, and I'd be like, "Cool, that that will be a ten. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a ten game. That's going to be an absolute masterpiece. This is going to be really interesting." But the thing that's going to be interested in this game the most is the dark tone of things. Mm. Oh yeah. Well, because I'm Look, wondering because how combat's the last work. few Spider-Man games, they've they've. they've dabbled with darker tones in the Spider-Man games. There's been some dark moments in them, but overall they've been quite upbeat games, and I think that's what makes them so appealing. Ratchet and Clank, quite upbeat. You know, game had uh, some uh, <laughs> trials and tribulations in it. <laughs> Resistance. Get Blue Point on to do that. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Our Blue Point remake Resistance. Oh, Is it man. Isaac Hale? I wet myself. Uh, Nathan Hale. Nathan, Nathan Hale. Hale. Bring it back. Show some respect. Put some respect on the name. Exactly. (laughs) What are you doing? But look, we don't know much about it, so we won't go into it too much. But did you read the blog post stuff about it? This is going to be like a a harrowing, thrilling, emotional. Like they really talked, like spoke up that this is going to be like kind of like a. They want us to think of this like a Last of Us game or something like that. Like they're really trying to. This is somebody doing an audio. This is a thriller. Like this is. Mm. This is something a bit moodier. 
which I think is fascinating. And it's going to be an interesting uh, contrast to Spider-Man. Of course, this upbeat, fun mm. one. The thriller part has me interested because I won't go too far to spoil Terry. Look, Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man game, came, how long did it come out? 2018. Uh. Minor, spo- minor spoilers to Spider-Man. But in the missions leading up to the Sinister Six forming, I couldn't put my controller down. They just, the momentum built there and it was getting so tense. If they can capture that same sort of electricity... Ooh, yeah. this could be special. And like the the pressure like mounting in that game, um, but you never feel kind of discouraged. Yeah, and before you yeah, know yeah. it, you're taking you're taking down baddies one after another. Oh, you're netting up two at once. Oh, it feels good, Jesse. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, psyched. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for I want to see where they go. The Miles Morales team is actually making this one. Yeah. M. How, I wonder how many uh, that makes me crossover happy. mentions or Easter eggs going back and forth between these games we'll have. It's going to be plenty. Oh. There's a lot of room for Oh, them. yeah. Right? Are we going to see Daredevil? room for some DLC. <laughs> but we'll see what happens there. Now, uh, moving on to Gran Turismo 7. Um, look, eh, pretty. Yes. Very, very pretty. <laughs> it, it, it's ridiculously pretty. Um, we could see the new photo mode. The photo mode looks really looks good. Sweet. I like how you can just basically pick up a car, put it where you want it to be, and take photos of it. That's very much up my alley. Some news came out about this game that's kind of bummed me out. It's not going to affect me, but I know it's going to affect some players. And this is something that I thought we had moved past. So the campaign livery editor um, escapes, which is the photo mode, collecting mod, um, GT Cafe, GT Auto, uh, Trial Mountain, and High Speed Ring. All require always on internet. Uh, Seems weird, and this is this is something we didn't we deal with this, and we all said no. I don't know, <laughs> like, man. As a community, we're like, no. Nah, that's that, I think with Game Pass now, like you can't even launch an Xbox game without being connected to the internet. Yeah. Like, I, I think this is just the world we live in now. But um, <laughs> that that's kind of shitty. Um, but. My notes for Gran Turismo Seven are literally just it looks pretty, but I don't care. Looks pretty. <laughs> That's um, it. It's not for me. I'm not. I'm not a racing. I'm not a racing game fan. I'm not a like. Not into the, this realism. I'm into the more arcadey racing games like your Mario yeah. Karts and you know stuff like that. I love those. I think those are really good fun. But this isn't for me. But I feel like if this was for you, then you've probably just had a slight orgasm. I disagree. You reckon? I think if this, and I, I think Keelan, you're gonna be on the same same uh, sort of uh, page with me. If this is for you, you have Forza already. I think oh. Forza is doing this. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, man. Like level. Forza Motorsport always delivers, but I mean, like they've kind of fallen out of favor. Like what with Horizon kind of picking up the mantle and kind of being their core franchise now. Yeah, I feel like this kind of looks know, like, like a prestigious <laughs> kind of title that has a lot more of the European tracks and stuff like that. Yep. The last few GT games haven't clicked, have they? They haven't really set the world on fire. Um, well, we had Sport, and then before that, we didn't even get one on PS4. There yeah. were like, you know, other than Sport, which was, you know, I think they wanted it to be the real next big thing, but they kind of just didn't work out with different, you know, motorsports involved. Um, but yeah. GT6 came out after the PS4 came out. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. They have seen some, you know, diminishing returns on that. Um, but I mean, like PS2 wise, these games were like the best selling games. I mean, I think yeah. Gran Turismo 4 or 3 had like 1080p support 
on PS2. It was unreal. I remember when the which I can't remember which one came out on PS3, but when that demo for it came out. It broke service. Oh man! So like everything crashed. Yeah, they they came out with Gran Turismo Five Prologue. Yes, like years <laughs> before Five came out, and I got GT Five Prologue, and I'm having a great time. And I'm having, you know, I grew up playing the PS One games. Whatever, I'm not a heaps big car guy, but my dad's into it. This is kind of fun for us to bond over. It was fun, but it was surprisingly <laughs> short. But like they kind of built up this whole weird release thing where you got like a demo game that was full price and it was the uh, it went full ground zeros went full ground it was zeros. ground zeros before ground zeros <laughs> it was ground zeros, before ground it zeros. Was grand grand zeros oh uh, that's a bad on. joke that was shit um Get out. It, it, i i hope there's a bit more back and forth like you know how um again i don't think any of us are a massive sport game fans here but the whole pro evo Pro FIFA versus thing. FIFA, yeah. Because that was it always, comes in waves. For that years, was always a big better topic. Than FIFA, and they go back and forth, back and forth. I think Thanks, um, hopefully we get that uh, with Gran Turismo. Agreed, Jesse. Forza. But now we're coming to play the, the big two. The big two. Oh, Another yes. one. Insomniac came out swinging again. Marvel hey. Spider-Man. <laughs> that was <two>. clever. <laughs> I didn't even mean that. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, I was oh, man. looking at you right in the it. face and you fucked it up. God damn it. That was so good. Um, <laughs> now, this trailer, built completely in engine. Oh. We get to see Peter Parker Spider-Man. We get to see Martha Morales Spider-Man. We get to see Venom, which, spoiler alert, was teased at the end of the first game. We get to hear, I believe, it hasn't been confirmed, but I think we hear Craven the Hunter. Yeah, so... Uh, a lot of the, the goons that we see here look a lot like uh, I'm not a huge comic book guy, but like the only comic books I have read were was the Ultimate Spider-Man run, which is a couple hundred issues. Um, and like Craven the Hunter, his goons in the books look a lot like the goons we're seeing here. So I, I think you're yeah, spot on, Jess. That that voice it, it could only be Craven the Hunter, but and I've seen a lot of people obviously Venom's in it. We get a good shot of Venom, voiced by Candyman actor Tony. I don't Pons. know why I wasn't kind um, of expecting to see him in this one, so it's kind of cool, you know. I thought they were going to keep on uh, playing the tease, you know. They love teasing it. It was teased in Miles. Spoilers. Uh, it was teased in the original game, you know, very lightly. Man, um, I at at the start you see the corner of you know New York Street. You see the corner, and there's like a a sign. Like electronic sign, that kind of like a stop go, whatever it is. Um, and el- electricity runs up it. Now, is that Miles with I, his venom shock? I thought it was Miles personally. Is it Josh Venom? My theory from the spoiler cast. Jesse, settle in. All right. So, happening. <laughs> It's kind of obvious. Let's Everyone, we're familiar with Miles Morales as a character. Miles mm-hmm. has these different powers, all right? And in the Miles Morales game, they kind of, they give it a nickname. They call it his Venom Powers. Kind of interesting. So this spider that bit Miles Morales, same lab where, kind of sort of spoilers, I don't know, you can kind of put together that there might be some venom stuff going on. They're dropping some hints. Venom-y There's stuff, There's some yeah. venom stuff, right? There's friends, there's enemies. So they start calling these powers that Miles has, the powers that differentiate him from Peter Parker, his Venom powers. He has Venom Blast, Venom Punch, Venom Sting, whatever the hell. 
they start calling it by this nickname. I think that's such a good setup for introducing Venom, having him use perhaps some electrical powers, similar to Miles, you know, Venom Blast and stuff like that. And then that's just a natural way for them to be like, Venom, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just a natural way for them to be like, that's what we call him. That's why he's called Venom. Yeah. That's genius. I guess that could also have some interesting threads in the narrative. So they've come and confirmed it's it's not co-op. This is going to be a Peter Parker story. I imagine we'll get Spider-Man Miles Morales too. But this is Spider-Man, like Peter Parker, Spider-Man. If... Miles is somehow connected to Venom. Maybe there is something there of like Venom has some sort of control over it. Venom is the more Maybe powerful he- version of this. And it, it, it leans into what if there's a goddamn Spider Man fight in this game? Jesse. What if you're forced to fight Miles? Dude. No, I well, don't that's the do thing. That to my boy. What if the symbiote. What if the symbiote has bonded with Miles in this universe instead of Peter? Hmm. Damn. Oh, not, not, not Miles. Not Miles. Oh, they're going to do it to our little boy. <laughs> what a way to like spice up the his character as well. The will go to Miles and say, you know what? He is too big of heart. <laughs> he's too, he's, he's he's too, too pure. He's a credit to his community. He's he had enough shit. Okay. <laughs> Keelan I'm looks going fucking elsewhere. done. <laughs> Y'all guys um, should go and write for Naughty Dog. <laughs> <laughs> done. Well, is, is this too depressing for Insomniac? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> well, what, what were you kind and of. Peter p- bunched the shit out of Venom and then the symbiote goes. He's like, no, Miles. Because uh. <laughs> you're you bad and there, basic. Jesse? That's what I was trying to say. But anyway. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh. like, <laughs> Honestly, when I first saw the electric, whatever, the blast that you were kind of talking about in that street corner, the very first shot of this trailer, my mind instantly goes to Infamous. 100%. I was expecting some Cole McGrath I thought it was about, yep. He was going to come out. We're going to see, um, what was his name? Zeke? From the buddy. His best bud. Um, Cole's buddy. Zeke, yep. Ah. Would have been all that. Damn it. All right. What a game. Let's move on to what I believe was the main course of this whole the thing. The real okay. deal. A scrumptious feast. thing. Something that was revealed a little, not as... Epically as expected, but then again, look, it, it was a... Uh, they know what you're here for. Come on. Yeah. They know what we are here for. It wasn't in person. They couldn't have, you know, your big mm. orchestra playing and water dripping from the ceiling and me at the edge of my seat screaming. Corey Barlog chained uh, on the stage trying to get out of his restraint <laughs> before a dragon bites his head off on stage. Oh, man. So it was beautiful. <laughs> um, when God this turned into an Alice Cooper show. <laughs> Oh man! I like the idea of Corey Park being used as a prop at an Alice. <laughs> I mean, look, it would be rather Fuck on yeah, brand man. for Alice Cooper. Let's be honest. Well, look, and Corey has time now because Corey won't be directing this one. These uh, given the uh, the reins to Eric Williams, um, who's been with Sony Santa Monica Studio since two thousand four, and has worked in, in very varying capacities on every God of War game. This is not just going to a random. This is somebody who has been with this franchise Ooh. that I'm so confident that he would deliver. Um, so, yeah, but, uh, Balrog is not directing Ragnarok, obviously, working on another unannounced Sony Santa Monica title. Um, Ragnarok's been confirmed at, as God of War sequel's official name, and it will mark the end of the Nordic saga. 
um, Eric came out and said, look, if you're going to do Ragnarok, you're going to do Ragnarok properly. Ragnarok is the end of all things. It's a rebirth um, in, in Nordic mythology. And we have all the pieces in play here. We've got some new characters that have been revealed, but we'll get, we'll get into them in a moment. Um, there was a set at the, at the end, we just want to have an ending that feels very surprising, yet inevitable based on all things. Oh man, um, I'm getting me hyped. I, I honestly wasn't expecting this to be the cap off to the Norse saga. Mm. Where were you coming from with that, Jesse? Were you expecting maybe another game, a trilogy? I, I, I was expecting three. Yeah. So again, mild spoilers, you've got war. In the first one, you kill um, uh, uh, Balder and you piss off Freya. At the end, the true end, you get to see Thor. Uh, I thought in God of War 2, you'd fight Thor. And then God of War 3, you'd fight Odin. Yep. I thought it was going to be a ramp up. But in this one, you, Odin and Thor are going to be in it. And they're going to be playing, playing big parts. But it does make sense with the mythology. Because of who kills who within the mythology. Obviously, it, it's going to deviate at points. Um now look, full God of War spoilers here for the for the original. If you haven't played it yet, go do that. If you haven't played it multiple times, probably go do that as well. That's the, that's what my um, notes say is I need to go play God of War. Well, sorry, you haven't played it yet. No, my my notes actually well, say Dad of War. To be honest, but Dad of War. Um, <laughs> no, I haven't well, played it. Well, heads up. I apologize, but I'm going to ruin some things for you here. Maybe I should take Atreus, my headphones off plot, for a second. Plot twist. His names. He's Loki. Oh, okay, I knew that. They, they do say Loki. that in the trailer, which is... They say they have to remind how yeah. on, like, honest and open they are about that. Because uh, that game has so many reveals um, and little things tucked oh, away man. in corners. And I, I felt like watching this trailer, like, they know me. <laughs> and they know that I already know all this stuff. And that I've been, they I know, know these characters. <laughs> I don't see that often in trailers, you know. Mm. Of course, they want to hide a lot Again, of Again, confidence. Yeah, there's so much confidence on display here. They're just like, yeah, you... You 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 played it. We know. <laughs> we know. Um, that and that's why they didn't have to t- explain too much of the storyline here. Um, we got nods to you know we saw Freya who's still pissed, even though we saved her. What's up with that? She turns to a bird at one point. Good for her. It's <laughs> occurring years after the original, so I'm wondering: did that Thor scene from the first one happen years after, or was it shortly after? Is going to be? I think we may see some time jumps here. In this game, with even within the game, so obviously Atreus is older now. Um, we know what Atreus is gonna do, man. He's gonna betray ya, Betrayus. Oh, why oh. am I just thought of that? Oh, Betrayus. Um, I mean, it was he's a, very a little bit shittier. He is, uh, you know, puberty hit him hard. I think actually, really I mean, cool. Yeah, some really cool design, like. Just, mm. I, don't, I don't know, just seeing this boy turn into, you know, start be- to become yeah, a man. Yeah, he's like, you can see him becoming a man. And the voice as well. Um, I, like, I'm sure it's the same boy. It is. Yes, it is. Well, teenage yeah. now. Yeah, same cast. But it, it so just really let him grow me. up. It just, I don't know. I thought it was really I nice, think really classy. The, the time jump with a very respectful way to keep that active. Because that actor, in the same way that, look, I'm going to make a, I'm gonna make a thing here because it used to be a different Kratos actor, but... Christopher Judge is now Kratos. He, no one else can play, yeah, of course. No. Yep. In the same way, I don't think another person could play Atreus. So it's like, look, let's give a few years forward so we're not having a teenager play a kid because mm. the voice is going to work. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. Let's keep the crew together. Um, but, man. Oh, oh, 
Oh, Jesse, man, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Like, (laughs) hang on. Should I? I, Should I rein you in a little bit here? (laughs) No, I'll just. (laughs) So I I, actually like. (laughs) Seeing don't rain on my parade. A lot of people online have been casting a lot of hate at it, saying that it looks so much like the last God of War. Right? And to, and okay, to that, that was to that I say, you create a game. This took them like five years to make. Like there is blood, sweat, Thank and you. tears poured into this game. They put all this work into developing a world. They very obviously signpost that you're not going to go here until a couple of years down the line. Throughout this journey, they do you a lot of six. Realms Six in the of the first nine one. realms. All nine realms open yeah, here. Yeah, dude. So, like, I totally get that. Um, like, it's so obvious what they were doing and trying to build a world that felt lived in and breathed in and something they actually focused on in one of the interviews after the show. Um, I apologize if you're going to get to this, Jesse. I don't mean to tread on your toes. But they talk Go about, like, the slice of life moments. Dude, one of my favorite moments in the, in the last God of War. 100%, dude. Yeah. When you, sh- you shake... Atreus's first drink with him, you know, and what that means to Kratos and him enjoying that and just taking a moment for it. Oh, ah. it makes you forget that you're on an elevator. <laughs> what? I forgot. Yeah, that was, <laughs> you forgot that. That was on a weird Nor- Norse magic ele- uh, elevator. <laughs> which I don't know what's happening there. But like going back to the other realms, um, so I'll get back to a point I was going to make in a moment, but going back to the realms, you have completely put the elves the light and the dark elves at war with each other and then you just left you went to Helheim killed some of the head people of Helheim <laughs> like you know the big hunter there and then just left Kratos is doing exactly what he did in the old games he's going area to area killing these bad people who are part of the general sort of like ecosystem or I guess in this game politics of that realm killing them to further his own story and not worrying about the consequences. I mean, at the end of God of War 3, the first person you kill there is uh, Poseidon and his big wet horse. The world floods because of that. Every time you kill an enemy in the game, something happens. When you kill, um, uh, what's the dude who, this, he's all about the sun and you get his head. Apollo? 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 The little Apollo. head guy, your head friend that you carry around. Yeah. No, this isn't God of War 3. Oh, um... um it's Apollo, I think. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I believe so. The, the world goes into darkness. Everything you do has a consequence. And I think we're about to... Chris is about to reap a lot what he's sowed here without knowing. I think this game's going to remind him that maybe you are the same person you were. Or maybe your son is becoming who you were and you can't stop it. Yeah, Neil Druckmann in here. It's a story about cycles. <laughs> but you did you did um, mention something of you know the internet complaining about reuse animations. Yeah. And, oh my like, god, my brain's gonna explode. They're like, <laughs> oh, it's just like it's just it's just like God of War DLC. He gets in the boat the same way. I'm sorry. Every time you sit in the fucking chair, do you think you have a different way to do it? No, you do it the same way. Every time I get into a car, I do it the same way. I don't think. Hmm. Yesterday, when I went with my right foot, maybe this time I should do some sort of like 
roll in there. I could just jump in the window today and make it different. And like, no, of course. They're remake. Why would you remake the animation? It's yeah. so dumb. And there's going to be new ways you're going to traverse the environment. You're going to go to like- On that uh, on that wolf car. 100%. You're going to go to like a portion of the environment that was sectioned off before. You know, I don't know. Kratos has chopped down the trees that blocked that entrance now. There's going to be some dumb stuff. It's a video game. Who Come are on. these people who are but- saying these things? This is ridiculous. Idiots. They Clowns. are idiots. Like, honestly, Clowns. it is some of it's- the worst takes I've ever seen in yeah, gaming discourse ever. Like, it's so fucking stupid. Because, like... It's one of those things, yeah, when a game becomes a big enough, it gets a target on its back. And people, it's cool to hate it. It's cool to find flaws in it. But the thing is, like, guys, God of War was pretty... Yeah, solid all around. I, I didn't like, actually. Yeah. It didn't grab me when I first played it at launch. Like I kind of clown, bounced off it. Clown. I think. I think you told me to go back to a Jesse, and that's what actually really encouraged me to go back to it. Actually, when we first met, I'm a shell. Uh, and like, I, I still have some grievances. I don't think the combat's great at all. Um, but I, I think the story is phenomenal. Like this is an yeah, epic. Is. Um, like the drama is like unreal. Ugh. Now, let's go through a few of the characters that got revealed here because we had some characters we've been waiting to see for a while. And look, there was some backlash towards some of them. Shock horror. We got to see Thor. Thor was a big boy. Thor was a strong boy. Oh, God, yeah, man. Um, so you see Thor, he's got a bit of a gut, but it's a strong gut. You know when you watch the like, Game of Thrones and you see the mountain? Yes. He's not ripped. Being ripped, dude. Thor looks. It's dehydration. Thor looks like Eddie Hall, who's like one of the strongest men in the freaking universe. Like it's ridiculous. That's that's what he's built like—a strong man. Yeah. Like, why does everyone want him to look like fucking Ziv? Like, without (laughs) chill out. Without being funny, there is actually something I remember reading. Uh, It was a Tumblr post. Um, a couple of years ago, and basically it was saying about how your average, you know, muscular bodybuilder, when it comes to practical fighting and training, are slow, their muscles get in the way because they're so chunky, and they're easy targets. You know, they don't yeah. have the stamina for this drawn-out sort of fight, which a lot of, you know, martial arts revolves around. Whereas... You know, people built like the mountain with a little bit of a beer belly. And, you know, you look at them and you go, Shit, that, that's a guy that could fucking crush me in his arms. They are deceptively quick. They are stronger than anyone else, and they have unbelievable endurance because that is just the they body feel. for that. That is what happens. And so I think Thor being that is exactly what you would expect. He looks scary. Right. Like He looks genuinely yeah. Terrifying. Oh, yeah. That is the body of someone who could lift a fucking tree out of the ground. Yeah, exactly. When, like, it, when people are comparing him to like, you know, like um uh Chris Hemsworth, Thor, but- and Hugh Jackman Wolverine. Yes, babes. We can all Dude, agree Hugh on Jackman that. Jackman wasn't but, even you know, ripped until like X-Men Origins. Think, Come on. Oh, the man. reason that they look like that, it's it's dehydration. Yes. Professional bodybuilders don't drink. Oh, they're they're lean. They're Before- this they're yeah, lean yeah. as hell. Like it is, it is your skin just shrinking down over your muscles. This is just pure strength. This is a and god feasting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? this is this is a god who doesn't care anymore. He will kill you. He has killed a lot of people. He also comes across as I think I think there's a bit of an angle that a lot of people forgetting. He's a dad, like Kratos. He's a dad, and you've just killed both of his kids. 
Oh, dude, like the two brothers you kill are Thor's children. Apologies, He's man. Back for revenge, Baldur or whatever. Like, remember how? Oh, no, not Baldur. The, the other two. Oh, okay. Well, like, imagine how. Le- um, um, sorry, just thinking about the character designs. Lady, yeah. He was so lean, you know. And think about how strong he was at the beginning of God of War. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, no, I, no. I don't know. I think that's kind of interesting. They kind of set in some expectations there for how strong Thor was going to be. But there's a the line that Thor delivers gave me chills. I've watched this one line, and I can't remember the actor who plays it. Apologies for that. But he says, you seem like a calm and reasonable person. Yeah. Are you a calm and reasonable person? That is delivered with so much strength and intimidation behind it. It's like belittling and aggressive. I fucking love it. I know it's a very small thing to latch onto. No, 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 but I agree. But I'm immediately in love with this version of Thor. He is a threat. Yeah, very shit. I kind of thought that, look, if if you were going to fight Thor in this game, you would kill him really quickly, kind of like the Hercules fight in God of War 2, I want to say, where Hercules is built up to be this really (sighs) hard fight. You kill him pretty quickly and you get his gauntlets. I think we're going to kill Thor pretty quickly and get his hammer. God of War 3. And get his hammer, and then you get to use his hammer, you get to use a blade of chaos, and you get to use a Leviathan axe. That's not happening here. No. Because if Nordic mythology of Ragnarok goes to plan, um, uh, Jormungandr kills him. They have a fight together, um, and I think he's poisoned. Jormungandr has venom, and he kills Thor with that. But I think they also fight, and they... Thor punches Yomangander so hard that he goes back in time. <laughs> There's yes. a lot of time yes. manipulation in, in, yeah. in Ragnarok, yeah. which would make sense why Yomangander is where he is in the first God of War. Time is a flat circle oh, here. Like, yeah, Time is a flat circle. It re- really is in this case. Um, then we have Derlin, who is a, another dwarf. We had the, th- the other two dwarves in the first is game. Is this Octopus Bro? Octopus Bro. Octopus Bro. Man. I'm a big fan that of That is top-tier octopus rendering research. over there, i got to say. Oh, yeah. Holy crap, it was cool. awesome. I did, some in- I did some research into this character, okay? Now, the literal name Durlin doesn't appear in Norse mythology, but there is a Durin, D-U-R-I-N-N, who's the second dwarf ever created. Durin creates a blade, a mythical sword, a cursed sword capable of cutting through anything called Tiafing. Also, he has an octopus. But Tiafing, T-Y-R-F-I-N-G, like Tia, is he building a weapon for Tia, who we'll get to in a moment, or is this going to be the blade you have, kind of like that Zeus blade you had in God of War 3? Is this going to be your finisher? Is this going to be the thing you kill Odin with? And the whole game is about kind of building that weapon? That would make sense if you're recruiting Tyr and you're going back to the vault and like right. working on it with Brock and Sindri and this guy, Octopus Bro. Speaking of Tyr, he's a big boy. Tyr is eight foot five, which is taller <laughs> than Kratos, but smaller than Lady Dimitrisk. <laughs> uh, the important let, comparison. Let's there. let the fan art decide for itself, okay? Um, Tyr is one of the sons of Odin. Um, and it's often referred to as the Nordic God of War. Although a few Nordic gods had that title at different points. Uh, but Tyr was more of a peacemaker. Tyr brought peace to many of the realms. So 
it's going to be very even the artwork you see of Tia. He seems a little bit shy. He's like grabbing his arm. He seems a little bit coy and shy, a little bit coy. Is definitely the right word to use there, but a little bit more withdrawn. It's going to be. I think it'd be one of those characters who's like just refuses to fight until he has to fight and he kills everyone. That'd be cool. Um, big fan of him. But the most, I think, the most intriguing character we saw here, of a name Anger Boda. I may pronounce that wrong. Mm. I almost certainly am. She's the wife of Loki. This is what's making me think there could be a time jump at some point. Mm. And the mother to three children. Yomanganda the world serpent, Fenrir, a giant wolf that bites off the hand of Tia, and Hal, who, you know, runs Hal. Also, her name translates roughly to woman of grief. Ooh, fair <laughs> so enough. I think she's going to have a, I think she's going to have a tough time with things in this game. Um, I, I loved seeing people's reactions to her. There are some really, really cool reactions to her. People getting very, very excited. Uh, I think a lot of people were very appreciative of her hair design as well. Yes. And how- like oh, every, every strand is sort of like individually animated. Yeah. It looks like it's there's next hair. Yeah. And, and also like, so I've seen um, like plenty of people of people of color on Twitter just saying like, that's how you do that sort of hair. Like that looks the way that it should. That looks natural. It doesn't look, you know, clunky or anything. That just looks good. So- um, I think I think that's a really nice point as well. I think the other very interesting thing they haven't released yet. We haven't seen Odin. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's very intentional. Yeah. It's very very intentional. But I'm just like, I wonder what's being hidden here because there's going to be some twist here. Look, the Ragnarok story is wild, absolutely wild. Um, if they try and follow that or try and sort of bend the current story to work with it they're gonna have to do some weird weird shit and i God. does this end with just kratos again no this is the no, end no. of the nordic saga clearly the saga's gonna go somewhere else next is it just i i've got a feeling you're gonna have to kill atreus in this oh god no, no, no. That's not, that's oh, I think go, you're gonna man. have to, or someone else will. Nah, Look, yeah, he's, gonna, he's, gonna, he's gonna kill you, and Atreus is gonna carry on, man. Come on. Could you imagine Come though, on. if there is a scene with Thor, and he's like, "You killed my sons," and just fucking hammers him, dude? They can't. Nah, it's like the the story. story. I yeah, wonder. Man. I wonder if maybe it'd be like the last scene as you're about to fight Odin or something like. That, that's what like Odin snaps after you've you know murdered everyone else. Odin just snaps and just slices Atreus in half, and then that's it. Like the final climactic battle, you've lost everything. Odin's lost everything. You have nothing left to live for, and it's that proper like I'm just taking you down because I am so fucking done. And like I, I don't know. I think that would be cool. I think uh, I don't. I don't want Atreus to die. I think it would be nice to have because he balances Kratos's negativity so well, and I think that makes Kratos a far more interesting character. It's part of the reason why I've you know had more interest in the Dad of War than I did any of the previous God of War games is because that balancing act and Atreus brings something to Kratos's character and that balance works so nicely so i think removing atreus from that would 
only then essentially diminish Kratos' character growth that we've seen. So, I don't know. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope we do get to keep Atreus around in the franchise and see what happens next. It's really interesting to see what that, ha- that happens because they have, again, if they follow Ragnarok even a little bit, they have a lot of story to cover here in one game. So we'll see what happens. But look, we'll have much more news on all these games in the coming months and in some case years. Mm. Um, and I think we'll do a, bit, a few more deeper dives into mm. some of them. But for now, let's wrap this one up. Look, we're on Spotify. We're on your iTunes. We're on your other other podcasting platforms. I can't remember any of them. <laughs> but if you want to check us out, we're at Story Mode AVD and Podcast. Check us out. You've also got a few episodes of Love Letters. I haven't done one for a while, and I'll do one. I'll do one fine. Why are you there though? Search for Fan Critical. They're our uh, our buddies. You keep keep our lights on. Go search for their fantastic podcast. Now, if you want to keep up to date with all your video game news, StoryModeGaming.com is the place to be. If you want to follow us on social media, at StoryModeAUS, that's Facebook, Twitch, sorry, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're also on Twitch, at StoryModeAUS. Uh, we record these podcasts live every week. We also have a bunch of streams. We're going to do a bit of the Fortnite new season. We've got some Final Fantasy coming up. We're playing a lot of The Forest lately. I'm going to ruin some more cabins in it. Probably. Keel, I'm, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And, you know, I feel like maybe I'll, try, I'll start something new this week. I feel like something new. Oh, yeah. But the itch to play something new. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. But go follow us there. Um, it's a lot of fun. And we like to talk to you guys in the chat. Um, and, of course, if you want to chuck a couple of bucks out way, we are on Patreon. Just search for Fan Critical. And a few dollars will get you a few bonus goodies. But with that, Josh, Sai, Keelan, always a pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thank yeah. you. Always fun, Sony. Thank, thanks for the, thanks for the showcase, Sony. I mean, oh, good to I see. would argue that's probably the single best Sony showcase I've seen. Me too, Simon. It's up there. Personally, I, I think that's. I do have a couple complaints about the layout of having all the PlayStation Studio stuff at the end. I, I think I would have. Yeah. I think I would have walked away or really enjoyed the experience of watching it a bit more if there were a couple more of those big, you know, knockout punches sprinkled in there a little bit instead of left Absol- at the end absolutely no reason okay. i think no the pacing reason was to remake but wait we'll have to wait till next time but <laughs> wrap it up there thanks for sticking around the chat we'll speak to you in a moment uh if you want to become part of that chat you can follow us on that twitch you know you know what i just said you know what i'm saying but thank you for listening have fun play some games stay safe god of war spider-man it's all happening Bye. Bye. Love you guys. Take care. Oh, sweet. Sweeter than ever.